As a mom, do you care what your children think? Sometimes that's good. And sometimes it really doesn't matter at all what they think. You've found the Simply Convivial podcast, short but meaty episodes helping you banish overwhelm and perfectionism so you can manage family life cheerfully and competently. What is convivial? Convivial means doing life together with joy. It's the home atmosphere that we want as moms, but it's often not our default setting. As moms, we are the atmosphere of our homes. So we can choose joy and become the convivial tone within our home. Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, homemaker and homeschooling mom and author of the book, The Convivial Homeschool, gospel encouragement for keeping your sanity while living and learning alongside your kids. I'm here to help you organize your attitude and dig in to the good work that God has called you to do. I'm so glad you've joined me. Today I'm reading an article that I wrote while reading Friedman's book, Failure of Nerve, and also while I think just having an older mom moment. So if you want a little Titus II kick in the pants, that's what I have today. Moms, we have to have nerve. We have to have backbone. It's part of our job. It's not optional. Adulting is, well, it's not a word at all, but it's definitely not a bad thing. We should not be trash talking being adults to ourselves or to our kids because growing in maturity is just another way of saying sanctification. And it's the whole point of everything. So grab a basket of laundry to fold, gear up, and let's dig in. I remember over a decade ago, I had joined a 24-hour fitness club so that I would feel obligated to exercise. One morning, I was dutifully on the treadmill, and some news commentary show was up on all the big TVs. There had recently been a school shooting, and the news anchors had some guest on who was giving them a commentary, an explanation of why school shootings were becoming a thing. The guest presented what seemed like a reasonable, logical explanation about how the breakdown of the family is the root cause of school shootings. It made sense as far as it went. Suddenly, however, the anchors began shouting him down. (laughs) One of the guys on the show said, what are we supposed to do with that? We need to protect our schools. Kids are being killed. We need a solution yesterday. That's what he said. So this analyst's theories were dismissed, not because they were invalid, but because they offered no quick fix solution to the immediate symptom of a systemic pathology. Next up, of course, the anchors brought on a person to talk about gun control. For the rest of my time on the treadmill that day, I didn't even turn on my own audiobook or podcast. 
I felt like I had just seen a glimpse of why America is falling apart. And I realized it was going to continue to do so for some time. No one is interested in understanding or in reality, it turns out. Just quick fixes that promise to keep everyone safe and comfortable. Fast forward a blink or two, and we have 2020. Now, supposedly Eastern Washington state was the conservative side of the state, a foil to Seattle, although an ineffective one. But perhaps its ineffectiveness was due to more than just population. It became clear that the priority of the community as a whole was safety and comfort more than understanding or reality or principles. Whatever you think about it, just do what they say to get us back to normal ASAP. Whatever you think about it, just don't rock the boat. Who do you think you are to ask disruptive questions about the medical industry, about the government's motives, about the Constitution? The priority is making as few people upset as possible. So since you can be calm and reasonable, don't upset the people who can't be. It happens in society because it happens in families first. Our families fell apart long ago, and we're still experiencing the rippling downstream consequences. We don't want to see the connection because it turns out that even though there is no quick fix, we're not actually stuck. We are responsible and we don't want to be. We are responsible in the place that God has put us. We are responsible within our own family. And our own family does matter and will make a difference. Motherhood has been undercut and diminished for so many successive generations now that most moms today don't even know what it means or looks like to really be a mom. They don't know what childhood is for or what motherhood is for. Mom's job is not to keep her children safe and alive until adulthood. Mom's job is not to ensure that her kids get good grades in a good school. Mom's job is to pass on a culture and a connection to bring children up into responsible adulthood, to nurture and cultivate the full humanity of as many as come into her orbit. In the Institutes of the Christian Religion, John Calvin develops an understanding of what the true church is and what its job is by calling it the mother of all Christians. God is our father and the church is our mother. As I read this section with my high school student, this week. It struck me again that we are hamstrung culturally and ecclesiastically within the church because the metaphor of motherhood hardly even communicates anything anymore. In fact, I found it helpful to flip the metaphor 
back the other way. What Calvin says is the church's responsibility is also mine to live out as a mother. Here's what Calvin says. For there is no other way to enter into life unless this mother conceive us in her womb, give us birth, nourish us at her breast, and lastly, unless she keep us under her care and guidance until, putting off mortal flesh, we become like the angels. Our weakness does not allow us to be dismissed from her school until we have been pupils all our lives. Calvin wants us to know that we are behooved as believers to be part of a local church. For his metaphor to have its intended effect, however, we must also realize that mothers have a social function that's inherent in created reality. It's no social construct that can be deconstructed or reconstructed or that can be transferred to a father or remade into some imaginary construct. When it comes to the family, we will work with reality or against it. So in Calvin's explanation of the church's duties, we can then reverse engineer his metaphor to see what our duties are to be as mothers. We bring new people into life. We nurture new life when it cannot sustain itself. We care for and train the immature so that they can come into maturity themselves. We educate, passing on the faith and wisdom of our heritage. We call our children to account when they rebel. I like to say that women are the backbone of society. But one reason I return to that phrase is that women need to have a backbone in order to be a backbone. Feminism has sold us a lie about what it looks like to be a strong woman. They took what a strong man looks like and said, we have to be strong in the same way to count. Now, there are principles of strength that do apply to all humans. However, women have a different calling and a different design than men on purpose. We may be the weaker sex, but we are not therefore given a permission slip to just be weak. To fulfill our calling and our responsibility as mothers, we have to know what we're about. And we have to have the boldness and courage to raise up a bold and courageous next generation in a world that is quick and eager to sabotage any and all attempts to state clear and obvious truths. Our society requires us to affirm, conform, and definitely not upset the weakest and most troubled among us. However, what would help them most is hearing the truth spoken in love, which is not the same thing as affirmation. No matter how much they rage against it in the moment. A strong mother can handle a 12-year-old son. She can let him rage and argue and resist while holding her line, calling in her backup, 
and making him run laps to discharge his energy and not taking his awkward and explosive growth period personally. A strong mother passes on the truth and teaching that we have in scripture, refusing to water it down or compromise. She demonstrates to her children what it means to hold everything up to the standard of scripture, not hold everything up to how we might feel about it or how we want everything to work out. Her primary question is not, how does this make you or me feel? But what is true? What is right? What does it look like to obey God's word here and now? A strong mother can withstand childish pushback. She can make her children unhappy in the short term because her vision is for the long haul. Her confidence is not at the mercy of her children's responses. Her identity as a Christian woman remains distinct from her children. Her happiness is not bound up within theirs. Now, when I was having babies, the internet mom blog circles at the time raged against spanking. It was nothing new. I remembered these conversations when I was a kid. As a kid in a functioning Christian family, duly spanked by a mother who could stand up to her own children, and who was also committed to being at home with them all the time, I rolled my eyes at the poor people who couldn't make a distinction between discipline and abuse. Sure, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but I had experienced the peaceable fruit that comes afterwards. So although my husband and I kept the practice that we had received from our parents, that we had refined and amended further in line with teaching we had received, many of our peers gave it up. It took courage at the time to admit that you spanked because you were bound to get pushback. Maybe someone might even call CPS on you. So those who did spank hid their practice and avoided talking about it. And so that's how the internet drama won the day by pushing the faithful into hiding. Anymore, no one even talks about whether or not to spank. The discussion seems to be over. It's not controversial anymore because new parents today would never dream of it. It's foreign to them. They have no category for discipline. They only have two categories, praise and abuse. And their children are the worst for it. Children need parents who know how to be in charge. It is not true that spanking is a power tool to show who is in charge. Spanking is a loving tool of correction to make the consequences of wrong felt swiftly, immediately, so that it can be made right swiftly, immediately. It's a process of training that one can only use if you have the guts to inflict short-term pain in order to prevent long-term pain. A while back, I heard a young man, also a father, say that, well, growing old might not be optional, but growing up is, and that's true. Many people never do grow up. Many people fear growing up because they've never seen it done. Grown-ups 
choose to do what is needful and right, rather than what is comfortable and easy. Grown-ups take responsibility and make things right, even if it's not their fault it went wrong. Grown-ups prefer long-term, meaningful payoff over short-term pleasure and ease. If we as mothers are not grown-ups, how will our children ever be? Taking our children into adulthood is our job. We have to go first. It will be uncomfortable. People on the internet will be horrified and dismayed. Friends and relatives will doubt you. It's okay. Have the courage to be the adult your children need. Take responsibility for the functioning of your own family. Be the backbone. Connect the body to the head. There is no quick fix for society or families today. There is only taking responsibility for your own family and then seeing where God takes you and your children in the future. It matters. It's worth it. I wrote this article originally for my blog after reading the introduction to Edwin Friedman's book, Failure of Nerve. I'm leading a discussion through this book inside the Scalay Sisters Sistership Community. That mentorship is called Grow Up, Courage to Be the Adult in the Room. Moms often lack the nerve to be the leader with their kids. But the truth of the matter is that mom's ability to homeschool is dependent not primarily on her own level of knowledge, but on her level of leadership and backbone with her kids. You can outsource teaching as a homeschooler, but you can't outsource the role of headmaster. Your husband is the board of directors. He can take on extreme discipline cases, but it's on you, the mom, to maintain discipline and morale in the day-to-day. And that doesn't happen when we cave to the math tiers. If you can't hack leadership, you can't homeschool effectively. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Simply Convivial podcast. I've got lots more kick-in-the-pants encouragement if that's what you're looking for. You can find a link to this article in the description below. You can check out the next video after this one. It will show up here. And you definitely want to be getting my daily emails. They're super short, straight to the point, and they will help you keep your head in the game as a homemaker. Called to do good work in the home. The encouragement needs to be daily because the work is daily. Do not grow weary in doing good. Repent, rejoice, repeat.